All right, all right. I, I, I'm still trying to get the rest of this podcast together. As somebody who's done one for years, you'd think it would be a little bit easier. <laughs> but I figured the least I could do is continue on this Rolling Stone Top 100. Uh, I'm sorry, Top 500 songs of all time. I may as well continue with that. So I'm at number uh, 400. And uh, let's continue. Like I said, uh, if you didn't catch the first uh, previous episode, I'm just going to skim through these and just give my remarks on some of these. So a lot of these I'm seeing for the, well, all of these I'm seeing for the first time. So I didn't, I purposely didn't read the list. I said, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast about this. So song number 400 is David Bowie's Station the Station. I will tell you this. I've never heard of that song at all, but I know Station to Station, it's a line from Kraftwerk, from Trans-Europe Express, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. I grew up on it as a kid. And um, there's a line in the song, um, Station to Station, uh, Dusseldorf Station, Iggy Pop, and David Bowie. And now it makes that part make so much sense that I know there's a song called Station to Station from David Bowie. Never heard the song before, so I can't tell you what I think about its place on the list. But after I finish this, I'm going to go listen to it. <laughs> uh, 399 is Sylvester. You make me feel mighty real. If I remember correctly, and, I, and like I said, I'm just doing this on the fly. I didn't do any research or my usual research. But if I remember correctly, and please tell me if I'm wrong, um, Sylvester was one of the first openly gay performers, if I have that right. So, and I remember this song, you know, I, I like this song a lot and I don't know if it's on the list because of that. It's a good song. Would I put it, would I make it top 500 songs of all time? Probably not, but it's here and uh, I don't have an issue with it on a whole. Uh, 398 is Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf. I was never a Duran Duran fan, but I didn't hate Duran Duran. So in other words, I didn't go crazy the way other people went crazy for Duran Duran. You know, they made they made like all these cool videos and, you know, back in the 80s when MTV was in its infancy. But I was never really that big a fan. This is a good song, though. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and crap on the song. I, I did like the song and I like the video. So uh, 397 is Public Enemies Bring the Noise. It takes a nation to... Uh, of millions of hold us back is one of the most important hip hop albums ever made. So the fact that uh, Chuck is on here with uh, "Bring the Noise," one of one of their best songs, it definitely fits. I'm pretty sure "Fight the Power" will end up on here someplace. So we'll see what happens. Oh, and then figures "Planet Rock" is uh, 395. Africa Mbada. I'm not going to go ahead and talk about Africa Mbada's personal issues. Um, this is not the platform for that. But Planet Rock was definitely... And speaking of craft work, uh, Planet Rock sampled uh, Trans Europe Express. So, a lot of craft work shoved in the small space here. <laughs> James Brown's um, Black and I'm Proud. I remember I used to get up early when I was a kid. Uh, I used to listen to either 98.7 KISS FM or WBLS. I think it was 107.5 when I was a kid. And they used to have music documentaries. 
like at like six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and I would and I would li- get up and listen to them. I tried to see if I could find them on YouTube. Maybe somebody taped them and put them on YouTube, but I could not find them. But around the time when they said uh, when James Brown's putting out "I'm Black and I'm Proud," and this is from the documentary, so I'm like I said, this is straight from memory. They were saying there was a time when James Brown helped build up Black Radio. And then Black Radio kind of turned their back on James Brown. I'd have to find more proof of that. This is something I heard when I was like, I don't know, 13 years old. <laughs> you know, I'm a middle-aged man now. So, but uh, this was definitely one of James's more coherent songs. It had an actual plot. It wasn't just get up off of that thing. It had an actual story to it, you know, which is why it was one of my favorite James Brown songs. So let's see. Metallica's Enter Sandman at 390. You know, I was at that point in my life where, you know, you were kind of, as an African-American in the suburbs, you were kind of pigeonholed into that whole, if you're you're Black, you got to listen to the three R's. So rap, R&B, and reggae. And if you listen to anything other than that, you're a weirdo. And about the early 90s is when I started to be like, you know what, man, all y'all can eat a dick. How about that? I'm going to listen to whatever I want to because I'm a grown ass. I don't know. What was I, a teenager then? <laughs> In my early 20s, maybe. You know, I, I think, yeah, I was maybe a couple years out of high school when the song came out. So I was still in college and I was just like, you know what? And then it's funny. I always hated hair metal. I thought that, uh, you know, I always thought it was, it was garbage. But I figured if MTV was playing stuff like Metallica and and Dio and Judas Priest in the daytime, like they played Rat and uh, Motley Crue, I would have got into metal sooner. So, yeah, I definitely at one point owned this album on CD. I don't anymore. I mean, now it's streaming, so I could just do it then. But, you know, this was like coming out and fully embracing metal and having this album come out. Uh, it was big, you know, it was big. You know, DMX is on here, 388 with Party Up. It's, he had better songs than that. I mean, as far as a popularity standpoint, probably not. More profound, yes. But, you know, it's here and I'm not going to complain about it. RIP DMX. Um, Let's see what else we got here. The only reason why I know this song, uh, 386 is Lola from the Kinks. I'm not going to lie to you. There are some songs that I only know because I am a huge, huge, huge Weird Al Yankovic fan. I've seen him in concert like five times. And one time when I saw Weird Al in concert, it was here in North Carolina. They had a huge storm. So they, you know, he managed to do like about maybe four or five songs. And then the storm wasn't going to pass. And it was lightning involved, and we were outdoors. So they said, "We apologize. You have to. We're gonna have to cut this short. We apologize. You know, get home safe." And it rained so hard that uh, we could barely see. Like how we got home that day, I have no idea. Like my friend who drove us there, he was, he was using the force to drive us home. But they always do. Um, they always hear he does a song called Yoda because he does like this big Star Wars theme thing at the end of the concerts. So he does uh, the uh, the song. The I'm trying to remember the name of the song, but it uses uh, Don McLean's American Pie, and then he does uh, Yoda 
which is uh, a remake of the Kinks' Lola. So I never knew the song Lola until I heard the Weird Al Yankovic version and then looked up the original. Go figure. So Weird Al making fans of people, you know, <laughs> through uh, through comedy. Uh, Diana Ross at 385 with I'm Coming Out. Um, I actually used to own this on 45. When I say I used to own it, it means that my parents bought it because I asked them to. <laughs> In 1980, I think I might have been like nine or ten years old, so I wasn't really buying much of anything. But I, I do remember this song, like I, and that was a Diana Ross that I knew, like her, uh, her disco stuff. I didn't know her Diana Ross and Supreme stuff until later on. Go figure. Uh Jesus Christ, Cardi B is on the list at 384. I didn't think that Cardi B would ever be on this list, and then she's on this song. Uh, I like it with. Uh, Bad Bunny and Jay Balvin, whoever the fuck that is. I have no clue who these people are. I'm old now. It's not that I'm old. It's that the music sucks and I don't care to keep up with it. That's all that is. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm an old man and I, oh, this new music is just confuses me. No, the music fucking sucks now. And I just don't care to keep up with it. That's all that is. Uh, let's see what else is on the list here. Ah, D'Angelo, how does it feel? Um, I like D'Angelo. I have this first couple of albums, the Brown Sugar and then the um the Voodoo. I think this one, I think this one was on Voodoo. Um, but I didn't really keep up with D'Angelo after that, you know. So this song being on, I mean, if D'Angelo was gonna have any song on the top five hundred, it was gonna be this one. It was the most popular song. Well, let's see. Merle Haggard. You know, I think I mentioned in the last episode that my mom was a big fan of like, you know, George Jones and Merle Haggard and Conway Twitty. Like that country I could get into. Like I'm not going to go out and buy Merle Haggard or stream Merle Haggard songs. But if if it were to come on, I would I'd listen to it. You know, it just brings back memories. But um. Like country now, this bro country that's so popular now, it's just like, you know, country stars comparing women's body parts to like cars. And, you know, it to me, it just, you know, before like Merle Haggard stuff and, you know, Johnny Cash, they were telling stories about, you know, coming up in that part of the country, that part of time and bro country now to me is just like, yeehaw, look at me. I got me a truck with truck nuts and the belt is black smoke. And, you know, I drink beer, you know, like it's just vapid nonsense now, at least the songs I've heard. So I'm pretty sure there's some country out there that's actually a little bit more, I don't want to say traditional because everything changes a little bit more coherent, but like this bro country that's, that's been taken over lately. That ah, fucking sucks. So, Props to Merle Haggard for getting onto the list. Let's see here. What else do we have here? Elton John's Benny and the Jets. You know what song I better not see on here from Elton John on this list? Uh, Crocodile Rock. I hate that song so much. Benny and the Jets, good song now. You know? And I, I, I want to say a rapper to has sampled that piano riff from Benny and the Jets. Don't quote me on that. But, um... That's oh, a great song. I mean, Elton John, you know, I've been listening to Spotify has this thing where they have like top hits of and it goes year by year. And I made a challenge to listen to 
every year on that list. There's like a hundred songs on every list. And I listened to it from 1970. So as of Friday, I was up to 1986. And getting to hear all those Elton John songs from the past, like all the ones that I knew, and even some that I didn't know, was actually pretty good. Like I, I understand why Elton John is at the status where he is, you know. Him and, and you know Bernie Tarpin was his uh, his writer back. I don't know if he still writes for him now, but you know they were a winning combination, to put it lightly. You know they were amazing. The cars, just what I needed. I will tell you this: if I had, I don't know, something about this song. Maybe it's the riff. Maybe it's the, I don't know. It's if I had like a, if I had my top 500 songs of all time, just what I needed for some reason would show up in my top 50. That something about that song just resonates with me. You know, uh, I don't know. I always liked the cars, but that's my favorite song from them. So it, you know, they have it at, at 369 on the list. Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun at 368. I'll tell you this. I would rather like Suicide be on there. No pun intended. You know, I, I feel bad playing that song now because of how Chris Cornell passed away. He was one of my favorite artists. And, you know, and I don't know if that song was just foreshadowing. Probably not. But, you know, but you never know. I always said that if I were if I was if I was dying and I had a chance to listen to one last album before I drift away into the void. It would definitely be Soundgarden Super Unknown. Now, Black Hole Sun to me, I think it does deserve to be on the list, but because it was like one of their most popular singles next to Spoon Man, which is my least favorite song on the album, by the way. Talk about Spoon Man. But Black Hole Sun just got overplayed. So I do kind of skip it sometimes when I'm, when I'm just playing the album. I do kind of skip it because it got played so much, you know. But it does deserve to be on the list, though. Definitely for sure. Let's see here. Ha ha. Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen. Like I said, I was not into punk rock. You know, uh, I think the most punk rock I'd ever listened to when I was a kid was maybe like Blondie before they went disco. And that's not really like hard punk like like the Sex Pistols. You know, Malcolm McLaren, I think he was their manager at the time. You know, Malcolm McLaren is an interesting character. And if they ever do a biopic about him, I will definitely, definitely watch it. Or even if it is a memoir, I'll probably buy it and read it. But uh, I like this song, you know. And it was just basically, uh, I don't know, it's a highly political song. And basically, uh, yeah, there's not much more I can say about it. It's a great record. You know, it's a shame that they only made, I think they only had like just, just the one, uh, the one actual commercial record, I think it's called like, never mind the bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols or something like that. So, Grateful Dead, Box of Rain at 364, I've never heard of this song. But then again, I've never heard of most of the Grateful Dead songs. I know like, like five Grateful Dead songs, like Shakedown Street, um, Oh, geez. And the other one's, uh, um, <laughs> okay. There's one that I remember. There's a few that I know, but, um, yeah, I don't know the song and I'll have to look it up and see 
if it deserves to be on the list, you know, whatever. <laughs> Bob Marley at 363 with uh, Could You Be Loved. Uh, fantastic song, you know. Uh, I My friend had the box set, Songs of Freedom. Uh, the original, well, I mean, it's still, they still make it, but he had like the original limited edition, uh, the, the long slim packaging, you know, I mean, we, we grew up on Bob Marley and, you know, around the time when I was just, you know, coming into my own musically, he had passed away. So, um, you know, we had to just rely on what, on what he had, but that album that had, uh, could you be loved? Um, we had it on vinyl, you know, so. Like I said, fantastic song from a fantastic artist. Rest in peace, Bob Marley. Jimmy Cliff, The Harder They Come is 361. You know what's funny? I, uh, on the other podcast that I do with my uh, my co-host, they did a movie called uh, The Harder They Fall, right? And that was an old cowboy flick with, with Frank Sinatra. I think he was in it. And basically, they had... Uh, see if I remember this correctly. They were doing a remake. It has like Idris Elba and a whole bunch of African-American people in it. You know, there are some people who are just like up in arms about it. I, I've never seen The Harder They Come. I just knew Jimmy Cliff was, was in it. I just never knew what it was about or anything about it. I mean, the movie came out in like 72 and it wasn't like it was like re- released widely in America as far as I know. So when, when they said, you know, they're remaking The Harder They Fall... I thought they were remaking The Harder They Come. And I'm like, what are they worried about? There was black people in that movie originally. But nope, got the two movies mixed up. <laughs> I just, you know, I've never even heard of the song before. I just thought that was funny, you know. Prince's Little Red Corvette at 360 from the 1999 album. Uh, once again, fantastic art, fantastic song. Rest in peace, Prince. Um I liked that song better than 1999. You know, I think I want to say Little Red Corvette was the second single off that album. But um, surprisingly enough, I did not own that album. The first Prince album I ever owned was Purple Rain. And I had it on vinyl when I was when I was younger. Uh, Fuji's Killing Me Softly with his song uh, 350, at 359. You know what I will give to this cover? The fact that Wyclef didn't rap. And I'm saying that very specifically because when they redid, um, when Wyclef, that is, redid um, Wish You Were Here from Pink Floyd, I would have put it down as one of the better covers until he started rapping. So, I mean, Lauren is a fantastic rapper, but I'm just glad that she just played it straight. You know, Uh, let's see here. Taylor Swift, blank space, whatever. I don't like Taylor Swift. Um, let's see what else is here. Ooh, Thelma Houston, don't leave me this way. I, I want to say this was actually a cover, like a disco cover. And I knew, uh, yeah, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes did the original. And I knew this as the disco song before I knew there was a Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes song. So I always felt like this was the original. And I'm just like, uh, when I heard, when I finally heard the Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes version, I was like, you know what? That's great, but I like Thelma Houston's version better, probably because I like disco. Michael Jackson's Rock With You at 354. I mean, what can you actually say about Michael Jackson that hasn't already been said? 
So we'll just we'll just keep it moving here. Eurythmics, sweet dreams are made of this. Um, yeah, um, I like the Eurythmics. I didn't go insane over them. You know, I liked Sweet Dreams and I liked uh, Here Comes the Rain Again. But other than that, a lot of their songs didn't really get on my radar. But, uh, but you know, this song being on the list, I think it deserves to be there. 352, Ice Cube. It was a good day. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to really mess with this song like that, honestly. I mean, I like the song. And I, and I like the album. You know, I have Ice Cube's, you know, first three or four albums, you know. And it was definitely a good, it was, it was from The Predator. And it was a good departure from the normal, I'll shoot you in the chest music that he normally does, you know. For one day where he's just like, you know what? This day was all right, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. So. I don't know. Maybe my, my brain has just been skewed by reading comics for so many years and watching all these action movies and all these horror movies, you know. But I got, let me see here, 349 is the zombies time of the season. And, you know, when I'm looking through this on the uh, on the list, you know, on the website, they have like the album cover and then they have like a little write-up about, about each song. And Nowadays, if there was a group called the Zombies, you would figure they'd be like dressed in dirty rags and eating people on stage. You know, the Zombies. No, nope, no nope. album cover. Just these five clean cut. I, I guess they're from England. Just these five clean cut, cut British dudes in suits and ties. You know, and their music doesn't exactly reflect brain eating. <laughs> but time of the season is one of those songs that I caught up on to uh, later in life because they played it either in commercials or movies or something like that. And then I was like, Hey, I like this song. I'll just put it on my Spotify list, you know? So it's a good song. Let's see. Elvis Presley. There was a, I, I, I was trying to find this thing and I really could not find it. He's on here uh, for heartbreak hotel. 1958 number 347 on the list there was a a, a collection i when i used to work at a record store i special ordered it for somebody and i'm having a hard time finding it online called all the king's men and it was supposed to be like a compilation of all the songs that elvis stole because back then what you could do is you could have like four black guys do a song right and maybe it'll, it'll, it'll end up being what they call in the movies uh, a race record. And it'll probably sell like 25,000, maybe 50,000 vinyl singles. And then like four white guys could take the exact same song, sing it in their own way, and then have it go gold. You know, that's how the industry was back then. And I was having a hard time trying to find that compilation because I wanted to see, you know, because I think it had songs on like Heartbreak Hotel might have been on there, like Hound Dog and, and stuff like that. So I, I, I'll have to see if I can find it. If I find it, I may even do a little podcast about it. We'll see. Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Black Sabbath's Iron Man at 344. Once again, a group I got into uh, later in life. You know, talk about like in my, in my mid-20s or so, I started getting into, uh, you know, some of the older metal stuff you know just going back you know 
and you know iron man they always play it in like uh movies and soundtracks and stuff like that a little bit not a lot but you know great song i would have rather paranoid from uh from black sabbath but iron man iron man fits just as well the doobie brothers with a fool believes number 343 i went to a concert a couple years ago it was doobie brothers and chicago and it was doobie brothers without michael mcdonald michael mcdonald was already on tour someplace else doing the solo stuff and then it was chicago without peter cetera and i will tell you one thing uh doobie brothers without michael mcdonald is okay i grew up on the michael mcdonald stuff you know um and what a fool believes was like the paramount of that chicago without peter cetera was fantastic like i hate peter cetera and you know i was joking with my brother because he's a big fan i'm just like peter cetera is basically just the mayonnaise sandwich of of pop music like he just ruined that band i thought but when I say ruined, I'm just talking about reputation-wise because they sold a shit ton of records with Peter Cetera in the band. But reputation, it was kind of like Cool in the Gang with James J.T. Taylor. You know, it was one of the premier funk bands. And then they're doing like stuff like uh, Cherish. You know what I mean? They're doing like soft R&B shit. And I'm just like, where's Get Down With The Genie? <laughs> where's Jungle Boogie? The hell is this Cherish nonsense? If I wanted to listen to that, I'd listen to Luther Vandross. <laughs> but the Doobie Brothers is one of my favorite, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite songs. And if you can ever find it, I don't know if YouTube has it, if you can find it streaming someplace. There is an episode of what's happening with the Doobie Brothers in it. It's a funny episode. You should check it out. Uh, let's see here. Who else is here? Uh, oh, and then here's Prince, 1999, at number 339. So they just had them both, like, in the same top 100. I guarantee. So this is maybe Prince's, what, third song on the list? Because I think Adore was on the, the 500 to 400 list. So we'll see how many more Prince songs end up on here. Oh, and then what did I say? Black Sabbath Paranoid is a few spots down on the list. <laughs> um. Megadeth does a cover of Paranoid that's actually really good. You should check it out when you get a chance. Shares Believe, uh, 337. I was working at the record store when this song came out. The song came out in 98. I was working at the record store then. And, you know, Cher just did, she was just unapologetic about that auto-tune. But it was a popular song. We sold a lot of singles, you know. And, and, you know, Cher is, at least looks-wise, is timeless because of all the plastic surgery she's had done. Um, let's see here. Temptations, Papa was a rolling stone. I I never saw the Temptations biopic, and I saw, I, I've seen, like, bits and pieces of it, and there may have been something there, and if I'm not... Uh, if I'm wrong, just let me know in the comments. But I think there was a part in the in the movie where they changed the date because, um, you know, in the um, it was the fifth of December or whatever day it was that they all always remember because that was the day that my daddy died. If I'm right, they changed the date of that to the day that the singer's dad actually died. I guess to get more emotion out of him. 
So don't quote me on that. I'll have to look that up. But Papa was a Rolling Stone great song, you know. I mean, the Temptations were like the kings back in the day. So the fact that they'd have a song on the list, it, it would be sacrilege if they didn't have a song on the list. You know, I will tell you this, not a fan of Rihanna. You know, I, I, I guess you could call me a hater to my, you know, to my bones. But Rihanna just never really, her music never really moved me. It seemed like very cookie cutter to me. And she was putting out like an album seemingly like every every 15 months, maybe. <laughs> she was just spitting out albums because they kept selling. So they kept spitting them out. And if I could say one of my least uh, favorite Rihanna songs, it would definitely be Umbrella, which is number 332 on the list. Probably because of the chorus, the, the Ella, 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 A, A, I was just like, oh my God. It's going to be a little kid nightmare. Little kids running around, you know, singing Umbrella. Jesus Christ. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Big Papa coming in at 3.30. Not much more I could say about Biggie. I mean, it, it would have been... If Biggie and Tupac had lived another, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I think the game would not be what it is now. With all these, all these bumble rappers and all these Instagram jagoffs, you know, I think the game may have stayed solvent if Biggie and Tupac had lived another ten years, you know. But we'll we'll have to see. Uh, let's see, Red Hot Chili Peppers under the bridge. You know, something about the Chili Peppers kind of rubs me the wrong way. Just them, not their music. Their music is fine. And if any one of their songs is going to be in the top uh, the top 500, it would be Under the Bridge. It's a fantastic song. You know, I'm not going to... But I don't know what it is. I just feel like if I met them in real life, they would be assholes. Don't ask me why I feel that way. I'm basing that on nothing, by the way. Mary J. Blige's Real Love at 327, the queen of hip-hop soul. Uh, and possibly one of the most improved live singers, you know? Um, and, and of all people who you would ever think of, Jerry Seinfeld was in an interview, it was like 10 years ago maybe, talking about how he went to a Mary J. Blige concert and she was fantastic. And I'd heard, you know, um, I'd heard stories about it because, you know, you know, Mary had a lot of issues and, you know, now she's, uh, you know, she's she's in control now. But uh, supposedly, she really stepped up her live game. Because, I mean, for a lot of artists, that's how they eat. You know, when you're, when, when you're, I mean, even back in the days when records used to sell for like $16, $17 a piece, they were only getting, what, 10 to 15 cents on every dollar sold. So your live shows are how you eat. So, you know, props to the queen of hip hop soul. Let's see. Uh, Iggy Pops, Lust for Life at number 325. It's a good song. I think I only know that song because it was in, uh, was it Train Spotting? I think it was there. The only uh, only song from, well, this is back when he was with the Stooges. It showed up on one of my, my Spotify lists. It had a song called I Want to Be Your Dog. He was with the Stooges back then. I like that song. Most of Iggy Pop stuff, mm. It's just not for me, I guess. Oh, uh, let's see. Who else is here? 
Tupac's California Love at 320. Uh, once again, I mean, it's Tupac, you know. I mean, you love him or you hate him, he's, he's still one of the best rappers of all time. And if there's ever, like, any top ten list, Biggie and Tupac will always be, like, in the top five. I mean, if you just listen to Tupac rap, I mean, he was he was a wordsmith on another level. So California Love was more like a party song. So it wasn't like Me Against the World or Brenda's Got a Baby or Keep Your Head Up, something like that. California Love was like his party song, you know, because, you know, to keep your heads up, get you your respect, your California loves, that pays the bills. <laughs> so Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World at 319. I like that song. It's a great song from a from a good band. Uh, my favorite Tears of Fears songs, go figure, is uh, Mad World. And Mad World, even the original was actually pretty good. I didn't know that Tears of Fears did that song because there was a version done by, I am struggle to remember his name, but they did like a, a soft piano version that for a while was on every single soundtrack, even for, even for, songs you know even for stuff that didn't even make any sense like they're playing mad world the soft piano version as a commercial for the first gears of war i'm like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> but it's such a great song they're like yeah you know what we'll just put it in and then it'll just make sense on its own i guess well let's see here uh we oh <laughs> go figure Number 314, The Stooges, I Want to Be Your Dog. Go figure. <laughs> Smokey Robinson, The Miracles, Tears of a Clown at 313. And uh, yeah, I, I will tell you this about Smokey Robinson. I don't, I'm, I'm hoping I didn't tell this on the last episode because I, I think he may have had a song there on there too. I was working at the record store. And uh, Smokey Robinson was on Good Morning America. And I was talking to one of the customers and she was telling me that the first time she was able to afford to fly first class, she was on, she went on vacation to Hawaii and she flew first class. And who's sitting in the aisle across from her? Smokey Robinson. And she said Smokey Robinson was the nicest guy in the world. You know, he was such a nice guy, you know, and um. Years later, my brother was in New Jersey for a wedding. So he's uh, coming out of a hotel because uh, he's on his way to the uh, like the wedding rehearsal or something like that. And who's coming into the hotel? Smokey Robinson. And my brother had the same assessment as Smokey. Nicest guy you ever want to meet. He's one of the few survivors of the, uh, the Motown massacre, as I like to call it. Uh, I know, um, what was it? Uh, John Delaney made a little joke about it years ago. He was talking about, uh, he was like, I was, I was young, shiny, and dumb, like a Motown singer. And he was like, oh, you'll give me $100 for all my songs? Where do I sign, Mr. Barry Gordy? <laughs> so I don't know. But, you know, I've always heard Smokey Robinson was a really nice guy, and I've had people that back it up. You know, Scientology aside, Isaac Hayes, you know, he had a lot of great songs in his day. And Walk On By is number uh, 312. Now, I don't remember if he did this in 69. 
Uh, let me see here. I'm just looking at the little paragraph here. Yeah, okay. So I, I wanted to see if Dion Warwick was did did it originally. And then they just remade it. I think I think they remade it. I think she Dion Warwick may have done it earlier, but um I did not know this song existed until it was on the Dead President soundtrack. And I knew the sample from Walk On By, uh Jay-Z used it for uh um Can I Live? And I didn't, I, I never knew it was from this song, but this is a fantastic song, you know? No, you know what I'm thinking of? Not walk on by. You know what I'm getting mixed up with? The Look of Love. So the Jay-Z samples from The Look of Love, Walk On By was on um, Dead President's soundtrack. Because I, I think they played Walk On By at the end of, at the end of the movie, when everybody went to prison. Um, Eagles Hotel, California. My dad is a country fan, and he actually has the Eagles' greatest hits. So I know Eagles did it like a lot of country rock and stuff like that. So I'm just telling you that because, you know, Eagles are on the list, and my dad kind of liked them. Um, Bill Withers' Ain't No Sunshine. And I think I mentioned this because Bill Withers had another song earlier in the list. You know, one of my favorites of all time. I I, I don't know if he's going to have any more songs. Well, Probably lean on me. You'll probably be up on the list here, but ain't no sunshine is is often covered, but you know you can't really match Bill Withers on this. This was this was his song all the way. You know can't be beat. Norris Barkley, crazy him and uh, I think Danger Mouse. There are uh, um, and Danger Mouse does a lot of good stuff. He did a um a collaboration with MF Doom. When they did like a, a, a album about all the um, Cartoon Network stuff called uh, The Mouse and the Mask. So Aretha Franklin at 306 with Chain of Fools. The Police, Every Breath You Take, one of the most misunderstood songs ever because everybody thinks it's like this big romantic ballad. Like, no, man. Sting is, you know, uh, Sting is stalking you. He's, he's watching every move you make, and then when you at least expect it, he's going to come into your apartment and strangle you. That's basically the song. <laughs> so, but, you know, he had, he had the, the, the strings in it and the whole, you know, dum, 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 and everybody was just like, oh, so romantic. No, this thing is being creepy as fuck, man, and everybody's just buying it. I bought it. <laughs> I love that song. So I'm not saying, like, you know, Shame on you. I mean, I was a big fan of police, you know, huge police fan. So, um, oh, speaking of which, Kraftwerk, Trans Europe Express, 1977. When I was a little kid, I lived in Brooklyn, right? Lived in a, a two family brownstone. Me and my family were in the bottom floor, and the top floor, there was a, another family, you know, and we were kind of friends with them. And we were, we had to be, I had to be maybe like six, seven, maybe. And um, I remember his name was Colin. I'm not going to say his last name just in case, but Colin never seemed to work because I'm like this little kid. And every time I'm home, he's home. <laughs> but he but he used to play records all day. And this was one of the records that he used to play. And I remember 
you know, on the album, there was a long version of the album, like a 12 minute version. And every now and then they would play it on the radio, like late at night on like WBLS or Kiss FM, they'd play the long version. So when a compilation called The Perfect Beats came out like in the 90s, so it had a lot of old like electro funk and stuff like that on there. And they had Transcript Express, they had the radio edit. So I actually went on a quest to find the original album and I finally found it. I had to special order it, like an import out of out of Germany to get the original version. So in that version, it was cut into two parts. So it was Trans Europe Express and then it was um, Metal on Metal. And then when they uh, remastered the album, they cut it into three parts. So it was, um, I don't remember the name of the third part, it was Transcript Express, Metal on Metal, and then there was an uh, Abzug. That was it. And then that was the third part. So they cut it into three pieces. But I just remember the original version. You know, they played on the radio when I was a kid. And, you know, uh, wherever Colin is right now, uh, you know, hope he's doing well. <laughs> and, you know, we'll just have to, you know. But, you know, and, and I did like the album. It was actually a pretty good album. And, you know, they, they were like the... Uh, the godfathers of techno. TLC, No Scrubs, number 303. I got to tell you, you know, this song pissed a lot of people off in, in my circle of friends. They were all like, you know, hanging out the side of your best friends, right? I'm like, and then a, a, a DJ was like, what, we got to drive in separate cars just to impress you? <laughs> but I always liked TLC. I was always a big fan. And, you know, I wasn't pissed off by the song. But then, you know, you can only be called a scrub so many times before you're like, curse you, TLC. <laughs> so, um, oh, speaking of which, Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here, number 302. You know, um, Pink Floyd was before my time. And I got into a lot of their stuff afterwards especially working at the record store and being exposed to that type of music on a regular basis so like pink floyd led zeppelin you know stuff like i would normally would under listen to i was exposed to working at the the record store you know and like i said wyclef did it you know if you could cut wyclef's version and cut out the rapping it's actually a pretty good cover of this song and uh and that's about it for this list so uh, I will get this ready to go and, uh, hopefully in a couple of days or so, we'll keep on going through the list. Thank you so much. And you guys have a great day.